Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help business leaders attract and retain top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, Al, the wonderful McDonald. Al, how's your day going? Doing well, Robin. Looking forward to another great podcast with a great guest and always excited. Well, it's a bit of an anomaly today because it's not Podcast Friday, and generally that's when we do all our episodes. But had to make uh, some special concessions here because it was a pretty special guest, and we just appeared on his podcast. So we figured, hey, we can record on a different day. So joining us today is Brad Wrencher, who is the CEO of Bamboo HR. I'm sure everybody knows that name quite well. He joined Bamboo in 2019, and under Brad's leadership, the Bamboo HR workforce has expanded 400, yeah, you heard that right, 400% in just two years, surpassing 1,000 employees at the end of 2021. A seasoned tech leader and customer experience expert, Brad guides Bamboo HR in serving over 30,000 organizations spread across 151 countries around the world. Recognizing the far-reaching impact Bamboo HR has on employees, administrators, and businesses every day, Brad believes that to be a category-defining industry-leading HR platform, it must absorb complexity and produce simplicity for every one of its 3 million active daily users. Alongside his role as CEO, Brad hosts The Era, a podcast devoted to the evolution of HR and employee experience as the pillars of successful business outcomes. Brad, that's a lot there. Welcome to the show. Robin and Al, happy to be here. And Robin, well done on that introduction. That was a (laughs) a word salad and you did a fantastic job getting through it. It was, it was. And we had such a great time on your podcast that we just had to return the favor and and have you on airs because we want to hear your story as well. So why don't we jump right into it? You know, Bamboo HR is a 14-year-old success story. What do you think is the key to its success? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think the Bamboo story is probably as told by the our two founders who have been on the journey for the full 14 years, Ben Peterson and Ryan Sanders. You know, it's interesting. You talk to Ben and Ryan from Bamboo. You talk to John Warnock and Chuck Geschke, the two co-founders of Adobe, which is 45 years old now. And I think all founders have a similar background to where when you ask them the why behind it, and they really come back and say, we really just started a company where we'd actually want to go to work, even if we weren't the founders. And I think that's the hallmark of successful companies that are built. It's built with a perspective of how do we accomplish something great, but do it together. I love that sentiment of even if you're not a founder, you're creating that environment where people just love going to work. And a recent hire we brought on in December, you know, he keeps telling me and and people who whoever will listen, he says, this is the best job I ever had. I love coming here. This is great. And I'm thinking, I hope he means it. I hope we've Mm -hmm. created that environment. And Al and I and Joe and our other partner have tried to do that as well, where you want to create that opportunity for people to just really thrive. So I love hearing that that's the key to, you know, the growth that you've had over the last little while. 
And I think the interesting thing is, is that, you know, I think there's a great saying that talks about that people way overestimate what you can accomplish in one year and way underestimate what you can accomplish in 10 years. And I think most of the successful stories and business names that you hear about, if you really step back and look at it, we like to think of everything as an overnight success. But truly, there are very few overnight successes in business. It takes five years, 10 years, 15 years to really change and transform an industry, much less build a large, viable, sustaining business. Yes, we've talked about that too. Uh, we've had some people on the podcast before that, we, you know, the overnight success isn't overnight. It took like the last 15 or 20 years to get there. I wanted to ask you, Brad, about your work with the HR and people leaders. We've had a number of them on this podcast and we've talked about obviously with COVID going on and, you know, just all the changes. So we've gotten from their perspective, you know, what some of their challenges are. But can you talk a little bit about from your perspective, what are the top pain points that HR and people leaders are experiencing and, and how does Bamboo help address them? Step back and think about what the last three years to October of 2019, we had no idea as a society what was coming at us. And as COVID, the pandemic, work shutdowns, work reopenings, social injustice, a bunch of things that just entered the workforce, then you get into the great resignation. Now we're talking about quiet quitting. And all of these things are all people related. And it's really come really fast at all HR and people leaders. What do we do? How do we effectively lead? How do we help people's mental health? How do we help continue to drive to business outcomes when we can't find the talent we need? It's been a lot. The hallmark of what has happened is I think business executives, boardrooms have, I think the pandemic and what's happened over the last couple of years, Robin and Al, has changed people's perspective of people in the workplace. We used to talk a lot about the customer is king. Like focus on the customer and all good things happen. And I used to say those words. Like, I, you know, people send me YouTube videos all the time saying, Brad, you said this, like what changed? And I think we were wrong. I think we were wrong in that if you focus on customers to the exclusion of your employees, there's a dissonance in your business that starts to gum up the system to where you can't actually deliver on your mission. And I think that one of the good things that's really come out of the last three years, Robin and Al, is there's been an alignment of vision on we have to focus on our people. We have to deliver for them so that they can ultimately drive to the business outcomes that we want. And that transition has been what's really been challenging HR and people leaders over the last three years. But I think there's an alignment there. And for Bamboo, our mission, what we talk about is we want to set people free to do great work. As Robin mentioned, 3 million people all across the world are logging into Bamboo to book some time off, to log their hours, to get paid. And all these things sound simple. It's like, well, yeah, of course those things need to happen. But in totality, if you don't make people hate some of the administrative things, they actually get to start to focus on what it is that they can do to deliver a unique business impact on their business. And that ultimately is what our mission and aim is, is like, look, let's help people just free themselves from some of those things and set them free to do their best work wherever they're working. You brought up Adobe in the, in the beginning of when we were chatting and you and I have chatted about the customer experience. And I'm looking at the clients that I see, our competitors out there that we see what they're doing. Do you think companies are prioritizing the employee experience like they should? 
Yeah, I think it's the really magical and million dollar, billion dollar, trillion dollar, like what's the aggregate value of market capitalization that's been lost this year? It's in the trillions. I think the answer is it will know in five years. We don't know today. We'll know in five years. If the great resignation, quiet quitting, the pandemic, remote work, hybrid work, we'll know the impact on productivity. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal today that talked about employee productivity is dropping precipitously right now and leaders and executives are trying to figure out what to do about it. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, as people went home and knowledge workers went home, there was a spike in productivity and there was a thought that that was gonna be sustainable and going, but I think workers and employees are pushing back to say, this is no longer working for me. I either don't feel supported or I'm not having the impact that I want and are, are dialing back for some unknown reason. So I think we're going to know in three to five years, Robert, whether we're focusing on our people enough. And to your point on the, we are seeing higher productivity numbers in the beginning. And I remember in the short term, having meetings with a CFO where I could see his bed in the background yeah. and it was fine in the short term, but at some point, you know, we even kind of joked around like it's time to get back to the office because it's just not productive. And and I think what was happening when and we saw it with a number of clients having conversations was that that world between work and home was there was a blur and you'd be getting emails from someone at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or on the weekend just because the home and work, those lines were just blurred. So I am a big fan of remote work. I think there's certainly a place for it, but I think that hybrid approach is going to be the right approach for a lot of companies going forward. But as you said, that employee experience, are people focusing on it enough? We don't know yet. And time will tell. I think, as you said, it's early days for that. And I think the hypothesis is if Robin, you and Al subscribe to this in your business and other business executives, leaders, small business owners, large business executives, you start to look at that. Well, what's the hypothesis that we're, because no decision right now is a decision. If you just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Well, then you're going to get whatever your culture and your people create. But if you create with intention, what are the outcomes that we're driving towards? The hypothesis that we're operating to is the businesses that focus on the employee experience will ultimately have better business outcomes. We sometimes want to hop right to business outcomes and focus on the customer or focus on our manufacturing or on our sales, but it's like focus on that employee experience and then your employees will drive to those outcomes if they know the direction that you want them to go. That's the hypothesis that I think is going to be a powerful one to focus on and to think about for the next three to five years. Right. I am curious a little bit about the article that you referred to. Like, was there some discussion around, yeah, it is like people are sick of working at home and want to get back to the office? It's a good question. The article that I read today that kind of sparked this thought wasn't actually focused on remote work or hybrid work. It was talking about workers generally, no matter the modality of work. And so then you had a couple executives who were, you saw today, Ford. What did Ford do today? Ford said, okay, for our 30,000 white collar workers, our professional workers in the office, up to 20% of you have a choice. You can either take a severance package today or you can go on a performance plan for the next six weeks, after which you no longer have access to severance if it doesn't work out. And so they're almost making this choice of like, hey, take the money now, or you, your performance isn't up to snuff, or you get six weeks to improve it, but then you don't get this money if you don't get there. And it's like, wow, that's kind of a tough choice for you know workers to do it. And the bottom line is, I just think that businesses generally have been weak 
at having crucial conversations with their team around performance. We don't like conflict. We hold back. We avoid at all costs to say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, guess what? Clarity is kindness in the workforce. If someone's not performing the way that you want, being clear with them is kind because then they'll understand what it is that they need to do to have an impact. And so I think that's just where we are. There were a couple of executives in the thing that were talking about they're standing up in front of their organization and saying, we need more performance and efficiency. Well, how do your employees interpret that? They interpret that like, oh, they want me to work harder, more hours. Like it just doesn't have the experience that I think people are hoping for. That makes a lot of sense. And to your point, I'm, I'm not sure the message that you said Ford delivered is exactly uh, prioritizing the employee experience. I want to change gears a little bit. Let's talk about you, about uh, your career, uh, where you came from. Uh, is there anything you wish you'd known when you first started out your career? And can you talk about any mentors that might have been important to you? Yeah, Al, thank you. The thing that I wish I would have known, two things. One, I grew up in an area to where it felt like the career opportunities that were available to you were either you could do construction, you could build houses or buildings, or you could be a doctor or a lawyer. I remember growing up, it like, seems like that's what everybody does. I wish that I would have known the vast array of opportunities, ways to give back, ways to create an impact, and just being willing to have that learner's mindset to continue to find opportunities. I think I started too cookie cutter and then have broadened and learned later in my career. The second thing that I wish that I would have known is careers and life they're nonlinear. Like I'm horrible at art. You guys should know this. If you ask me to draw a picture, it's going to be awful. My worst grades in, in junior high and middle school were from art, not my thing. But I used to love getting those. You remember those pages that you'd have dot to dot and it would, you just go draw from dot one to two to three. And you could do that. And by the end, there was a picture and you could color it in. And it looks like you could do art. And sometimes I think we want to treat careers like it's a dot-to-dot picture. Okay, well, you do this, you go to school, you get a degree in this particular specialty, and then you go to here, and then you go to here, and then you go to here, and then everything happens. And that's just not the way life is. It's not the way careers work is you don't get to play dot-to-dot. You go to the next dot, and then that springs forth into a bunch of different decision modes and nodes that you have to like start to look through. But- it's not dot to dot. And I wish I would have known that earlier because it would have decreased stress and probably increased happiness for where I was at the time. I think we do all have this tendency to think that everything, like you said, is linear. And I see that in my business too, right? Investments, you think, oh, they'll just go up in a in a straight line. That doesn't happen that way either. So to your point about careers, if you love dot to dots, you must have loved paint by numbers. Oh, the paint by numbers was, that's my jam. <laughs> Okay, you both just did something that no other guest has ever done in the podcast. And that's bring me back to my childhood because until you said that at that very moment, I had forgotten about those. I mean, now I'm almost tempted to hit, hit the toy section and see if I can find some of these because that was so great because Brad, I share your artistic ability. Couldn't draw anything. I mean, people can barely read my writing. Thank goodness for computers, right? <laughs> but I could actually get something on paper where it's connecting the dots. And by the way, you just described the relationship that I have with Al, because I had sent Al on Slack one time, a visual representation of our relationship. And I'm very creative in the company. 
And it's like a Jackson Pollock painting with me. Like the dots are just spread all over the place. And here's what I want to do. And, and I don't know how it's going to work, but you know, I think this is a great idea. And then Al is the one who will go and connect those dots and make sure, ah, overall strategically, here's how that's going to work. So it, it actually works really well. Sounds like a rewarding partnership. You guys yeah. play off of each other. Yeah, exactly. What are you most excited about looking to the future? I mean, you just said, hey, we've lived through a crazy couple of years. We're coming out of it, or at least hope we're coming out of it. What are you excited about going forward? So I'm at this intersection at Bamboo where we've talked a lot about people, right? People, humans. These are humans who want to create and have an impact. And then we also deal day-to-day in software. And there's a saying that software eats the world. And what is software going to automate next? And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening in artificial intelligence. So I am really excited by the convergence of people and humans and desire to have an impact with technology and artificial intelligence coming together in the workplace. Sometimes people think about artificial intelligence as it's scary, it's going to come and take the jobs. I don't see it that way. I see it like we almost all get our own Iron Man suits, right? And it helps amplify the creativity, the goodness, the impact that we can have in unique and compelling ways. And just back on the art piece to where, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, Dolly and some of these other websites that are doing generative AI, where you can go and basically just type in, hey, I want to see a bear um, hang gliding over the Grand Canyon in the style of Jackson Pollock, right? And artificial intelligence will go and basically understand that and create a piece of art based on what you were saying. It's called generative AI, and it's kind of a unique thing What's happening? Well, Adobe's doing that and putting that directly into pictures to where you start to be able to, with Photoshop and other things, create things on the fly that you don't have to start from scratch on. So that's kind of like that Iron Man suit for creators to where, oh, it's helping me do ultimately what am I looking to create? So I think this convergence of people desire to want to make an impact, software and artificial intelligence, I think creates a really interesting canvas for innovation and impact here over the next uh, decade. Well, I'm excited about following Bamboo HR, and I've been chatting with your firm for a number of years now, and and we met recently, and I look forward to continuing on that relationship. And um, we've arrived at the time in the podcast, my favorite time, Al's signature question. So if you're ready for it, Al can throw it out to you. Well, you gave me a great lead and a great segue, because when you're talking about the dots in the career, you had said, I wish I knew earlier that there were, you know, about ways to give back. And that's what the question's about. So the question is, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. Can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Really interesting and thought-provoking question. Where my mind goes, you asked me earlier about mentors. A few years ago, I reached out to a couple of mentors that I had just to let them know that they were my mentors. I don't think that they knew. I don't think that they knew, you know, the impact that they had had on me at unique times. And for me, I think all of us arrive at this moment standing on the shoulders of those who have come before. And it could be a mentor that got you there in technology and software. I think about this industry is now 50, 60 years old, and there are people who have come before who have done things that let Bamboo exist. We're using the collective knowledge of what's come before to be able to do the unique things that we do today. So the way I would answer that question is, is a recognition of none of us get here alone. 
and we stand on the shoulders that have come before. And it's an opportunity for us to not be, you know, you don't want to build this stair step and then have three missing steps. All of us have to do our part to build the steps for the people who are coming next so that they can continue to move up. And that for me is I'm just trying to not be the weak link in that, continue to build steps so that people can continue to have the impact that they want in their lives. And I think business can be a noble profession if it's not just about the dollars and cents and if you do focus on people. And that's why my work at Bamboo is just so motivating to me. And so for me, where I am is just really focused on people and helping them lift themselves up from the current station. I'm curious, when you reached out to your mentors, how did they feel about that when you delivered that message? Well, one, I think the thing about gratitude and the power of gratitude is that it has a multiplicative impact on everyone around you. Me expressing gratitude for the impact that they had, what did they immediately do? They expressed gratitude for the opportunity, for the recognition that that was the case. And I felt better having had that conversation. And I think that they left the conversation like, wow, like I am making a difference because let's face it, all of us in those quiet moments have moments of self-doubt of, I do all this. Does anyone notice? Do I make an impact? And we might verbalize that to people who are really close to us. We don't verbalize that broadly. And so I think taking time to express gratitude, whether that's to our mentors, whether that's to our business partners, Robin and Al, what you guys do together, or colleagues and people who are out in our life, I think that that lifts everybody up. It's a powerful thing. So that was the experience that I had, Al. That's a great message. And one to take home for everyone is the one about gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably a great place to leave this podcast because I have gratitude for meeting you, Brad, and being on your podcast and developing a relationship with you and your team. So thank you for joining us today and thank you for sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Bamboo HR? Well, Bamboo HR is just www.bamboohr.com. If anyone has any questions that they'd like to reach out to me on, it's brad at bamboohr.com is the best place to reach me. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. Mm -hmm.